Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who had a Greek mythology phase in elementary school. I'm Hannah Leach, a writer, musician, audio producer, and someone repulsed by the word sassy. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and unfortunately, re-employed. And I'm Josh Isn't. <laughs> musician, pro-gamer, and notable boyfriend of <laughs> Hannah. And I am someone whose uh, brain has been permanently altered by the musical stylings of Danny DeVito. <laughs> we are the sister duo, also featuring Josh at Stooping Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today we are talking about 1997's Hercules. Honey, you mean Hercules? And answer my prayer. Hercules. How do you become a true hero? Look inside your heart. Walt Disney Pictures presents. Who was the gladiator? Hercules. Stronger than ten men. And having a devil of a time. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. I hate him. Trying to prove himself. Get ready to rumble! My favorite part of the game, sudden death. All right. Well, first of all, it's Easter, the day we're recording this. Christ he is, is risen. risen. He is risen. And Josh has risen to the occasion. I am risen. <laughs> Josh, how would you explain your relationship with this movie? Hercules <laughs> defined my childhood 100%. I was obsessed with this movie. Everything about it, still am, the music, all of it, just, it was everything to me. We've been really looking forward to covering this movie with you because near the beginning of us dating at some point, the songs, I think A Star Is Born came on shuffle in the car one day and like this part of you that I did not know existed <laughs> just emerged. I think it's the show choir part. Yes, yes. And yes. it was really impressive and we're happy to have you back. I remember being in the car. I think it was a doc thing. Yes. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. started doing Zero to Hero or something. Which by the way, to video viewers, you can see we are sitting in our parents' bedroom in a row, all in person, which is exciting for us. Yeah. Huge. Yes. I look like the moderator for the presidential debate. Yeah. She's <laughs> in the middle. It's These are great. the opponents. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fight. We're definitely <laughs> going to fight. Okay. Josh, time to present your question for the culture. Uh, okay, yes. The culture is super sick right now actually really bad, period. So my question relates to what this movie means to me. So my question is about swords. Okay. I love swords. I love all things, you know, Renaissance fair type energy that really... Yes. I think that Hercules was where I first saw this though. And so my question is... Where you first saw a sword? Well, I first saw like, I think it's where I was like, whoa, I want to do that, you know? Yeah. Is there anything inherently heterosexual about swords? Well, that's a little, because there's like a lesbian tattoo that's a, like a sword. 
Yes. Isn't there? I think, like yeah. This, I see that all the time. I feel like... So I guess not in that respect. <laughs> no. I think <laughs> in my up. younger years, I may have thought that it's like strictly a boy thing, but I just know too much about fantasy things now to mm-hmm. think that swords are specifically straight. I kind of feel like I would have more opinions about knives than swords. Well, what are your opinions on knives? I feel like there's something feminine about a knife. Like a little... Like a daggery knife. They have it in Snow White. Yeah, I feel like there's mm. something in there. But swords... You, okay, so you're thinking like a sword. Yeah, like a big like sword. Like a prince sword. Yeah, like I don't think about swords. I do think... I would think I about... I don't see swords. Daggers. <laughs> I, I see, see a slender little dagger. Daggers and, and like... Switchblades. Something like that. Okay, this has brought <laughs> up something big, I think, which is that like... I feel like to some people, it's like a sword would be like a phallus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My big sword. Yeah, that, that, I'm thinking like, of like a fairy tale sword. Right. I think when you think like animated prince sword, it's one thing. But Hercules is so campy that to me, it doesn't really fall into that exactly. And also when I think of Hercules, I think more of like brawn than weapons, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, more muscles. He doesn't slice anyone in the entire movie well, ever. Well, he tries to slice Oh, he does the, slice the Hydra. Never the Hydra. Mind. Take that back. I take it back. Yeah. Notable slice. No, notable slice. But it's like the only slice. Yes. Yes. Except for when Meg says slice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the question for the culture. If you, <laughs> listeners yeah. at home, have opinions on swords, did you play with swords as a kid? I did. <laughs> Let us know. And you're not the only one. You would like this. We should find a picture of this. I was a witch for Halloween in like fourth grade. And of course, I got a sick little dagger mm-hmm. with like jewels yeah. encrusted in it. Right. And I wore it in my sash and it was sweet. That's good. Love See, that's nuanced that. witch uh, yes. cosplay there. That's definitely. Yes. Uh, you you, you so think maybe, maybe like a broomstick? No, you have a dagger. A dagger. And that makes it cooler. I think it was like a sorceress situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to find that picture. All right. Fuck, I forgot I had that. Good. That's unlocked. Okay, so we have much to discuss, obviously, so I'm just going to get us right the heck into the facts here. So, this movie, Hercules, Honey, you mean Hercules, was released on June 14th, 1997, a mere 12 days before Audrey's birth. Quick math. That's crazy. That. Nice math. Thank you. Um, it was rated. Gemini. <laughs> it's a Gemini <laughs> film. Um, it's rated G. It was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who are two icons of the Disney Renaissance. They uh, wrote and directed Hercules, Aladdin, and then also Moana, Princess and the Frog after, but fully wrote and directed The Little Mermaid, were involved in Beauty and the Beast, also did Treasure Planet. Uh, okay. I know you like that one because it's a boy one. It's a cool. boy movie. I, I haven't seen it. It definitely doesn't have the same thing to me, but yeah, it's cool. Still though, um, so those men were doing their thing, and then they also wrote Hercules. But there were twenty-one people who had writing credits, eighteen of which were men, three were women, which will perhaps come up I later. Mean, what the hell? In this episode, a lot of it was why? like storyboarding type. But stuff. why are they getting written by credits? This is unusual. I know. I don't know. That's what I found, though. Okay, so into these synopses. 
The IMDb synopsis is as follows. Hercules, son of the Greek god Zeus, is turned into a half-god, half-mortal by evil Hades, god of the underworld, who plans to overthrow Zeus. Hercules is raised on Earth and retains his godlike strength. But when he discovers his immortal heritage, Zeus tells him that to return to Mount Olympus, he must become a true hero. Hercules becomes a famous hero with the help of his friend Pegasus and his personal trainer, Phil the Satyr. Hercules battles monsters, Hades, and the Titans, but it is his self-sacrifice to rescue his love, Meg, which makes him a true hero. That was pretty good. You don't even need to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay. That's great. Should I do a voice? You can. Sure. Bestowed with superhuman strength, a young mortal named Hercules sets out to prove himself a hero in the eyes of his father, the great god Zeus. <laughs> Along with his friend Pegasus, a flying horse, and Phil, a personal trainer. <laughs> Not quite. Hercules is tricked by the hilarious, hot-headed villain Hades, who's plotting to take over Mount Olympus. That is not accurate, really. That's Also, that was letterboxed. Rotten Tomatoes. Disney tackles Greek mythology in this animated feature. Hercules, a son of gods, was snatched as a baby by Hades and forced <laughs> to live among more. Mortals as a half yes, man, he was. half god. Now, as a teenager, Hercules needs to perform a rite of passage on Earth to prove himself worthy of living with the gods on Mount Olympus. With his plucky satyr sidekick, Philoctetes. I mean, Phil, that's his name. Yeah, but along for the ride, <laughs> Hercules must learn how to use his strength to defeat a series of evil creatures. I feel like those three together are actually mo so much information that yes. you would not need to watch the movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. The, I will the say Rotten Tomatoes one didn't include Meg. I would just say Meg is really downplayed in these. Yeah, Meg is not yeah, acknowledged. I mean, which we'll get into later, but like I think that's valid because yeah. I don't see that being the most important part either. No, it's definitely mm. not. So hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it Should it be the most important part? Like, once you watch it, I was like, oh shit, like Meg, like, is a main character, but in my mind beforehand, I was like... She was significant in that. my mind, but... It will anyway. We'll talk about it. Taglines. The first one is, a comedy so big, no theater can hold it, I guess. What comedy? I can see online. No theater can't hold it? A comedy so big, no theater can't hold it. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. It's definitely can hold it. I just found it that way in multiple places. A comedy of epic proportions, zero to hero, who puts the glad and gladiator, and you can run, but you can't hydra. Those are so bad. That's so dumb. Who put the glad and gladiator is so stupid out of context. It's so dumb, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the cast. I tried to not get too crazy just because there's a lot of people and we have to talk about the muses because they're really important. Mm. So, okay, first of all, the narrator is played by Charlton Heston, who was Ben-Hur in Ben-Hur. He was also in The Ten Commandments, Omega Man, and Planet of the Apes. You go, girls. <laughs> that. Tate Donovan is Hercules. He's best known for Hercules, Argo, Shooter, and Manchester by the Sea. James Woods is Hades. I know that he's like, I don't know, he was like big for the 90s. I don't really know shit about him other than this though. He was in Vampires, The Virgin Suicides, and Videodrome. And we have Rip Torn as Zeus. 
in Men in Black, The Man Who Fell to Earth, The Larry Sanders Show, and Freddie Got Fingered. Mm-hmm. And then we have Danny DeVito. I know, Freddie Got Fingered. Icon. Danny DeVito as Phil, best known for Matilda, Mama from the Train, War of Roses, Batman Returns, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and also just like him being himself. Josh Keaton. Hey, as young Hercules, Josh. Um, He is like a really accomplished voice actor in TV shows and video games, but he's best known for The Spectacular Spider-Man, Volton, and Metal Gear Snake. And then last for the main cast, we have Susan Egan as Meg. She is a Broadway star. She originated the role of Belle in the Broadway production of Beauty and the Beast. She also is the voice of the uh, English-speaking dub of Lynn in Spirited Away, who's like the cool older girl in the bathhouse. She's also in Steven Universe and Man of the Century. So the muses are an interesting part of the movie, interesting part of the cast. I have a couple things to say about them, but first of all, I just wanted to talk about who is who. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's the girls who are singing throughout the whole thing, like the gospel chorus. We have Lilius White. And first of all, they all have names, technically. Lilius White is playing Calliope, who's the main diva with the headband. I met her in college because she was doing a musical at a place where I was interning and she was really cool. She, basically all of these women I'm gonna list are like very accomplished Broadway divas which is just cool to know. But Lilius White played Calliope. And in Greek mythology, Calliope is the muse who presides over eloquence and epic poetry. So called from the ecstatic harmony of her own voice. She's like the chief of the muses. That's the title. And then we have Cheryl Friedman as Melpamine. That's the long-haired diva, the tall one. She is the muse of tragedy. That's why she has the drama mask. And then we have Lashans as Terpsichore. I'm going to say that that's correct. She's the one who has short hair with the Bantu knots. She's the muse of dance. Then we have Roz Ryan as Talia. She's the fat one. Of course, she's the muse of comedy. And then uh, Venice Thomas as Cleo. She's like the mid-height one with like that clump on her head, like the bun thing. And she is the that's muse. That's the one that I remember the least. Yeah, I know. She's the muse of uh, history slash liar playing. Two little things about the muses. So when I was in college, I had this professor. Her name is Kirsten Childs, and she's a really accomplished musical theater writer. If you've ever heard of um, The Bubbly Black Girl Sheds Her Chameleon Skin, it's like a very, um, it was like a landmark, like autobiographical musical about being a black woman. She was always like, the muses and Hercules are problematic and piss me off because basically their whole existence is a punchline because it's like Greek chorus. When you think chorus, yeah. you think gospel chorus. There's no reason for there to be a bunch of black women in Hercules. It's just a punchline. And I had never thought of that before. And I was like, damn. So then today when I was getting this together, I was like, let me research and see if this is like a commonly held thing. And I actually ran into a lot of the opposite take from other black women. And so obviously there's no one right answer, but it seems like my professor was in the minority. But I read this whole article by this girl who was like, it was like a like a Substack type thing. Like she had just written it herself, but she was like, this is like magical black woman excellence and Disney and blah, blah, blah. And then other people are like, this is fucked. So I think what I've noticed and what I noticed, we'll talk about this more later. I'm just going to touch on it now, is that the the setting is ancient Greece, mm-hmm. right? But it's all 
in reference to 90s America. Yeah. So they're a way for the the audience in America to like like relate to relate it in some way. It. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um to be like this is our Greek chorus but it's they're not a traditional Greek chorus, they're like a gospel chorus like you can find in America. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it also cuz the whole concept of a Greek chorus is not that it's a literal chorus. It's not yeah. like they're singing, you know. Yeah. I also feel like the idea that they're a punchline is almost a little bit reductive because I think it's more like they're a Greek chorus, but also they're a gospel chorus. And like the gospel of Greek mythology is another thing. But like in a way, it it's like sort of a your point about it being culturally relevant is good and combines with this, which is that it's like there's parallels between people singing the retelling of stories of their faith. Yeah. It yeah. gets, it's, I feel like they didn't think that hard about it. And, you know. Kind of, but it also kind of just, yeah. yeah, maybe not, maybe not. But it just kind of works in like, from a viewer perspective, it just kind of works. Like you yeah. like it. It's it's great. And it's a great narrative like device. device. Yeah. I think also one thing to keep in mind too it's probably a big part of where Kirsten's opinion came from, which is that this movie came out in the 90s. There still were no black lead characters in any Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they booked all of, like, the top black woman Broadway talent and then made them, like, be a caricature. Yeah. Or made them not a storytelling device rather than yeah. a character mm-hmm. themselves. In the article I read that the one girl had just, like, t- taken upon herself to write, she was saying... And it felt like kind of a reach to me, but also like we do shit like this all the time where she was like in the beginning when the white guy narrator voice like hands over the reins to the gospel choir. It's like basically she was like, that's feminism. And it's like, is Maybe. It? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So the budget for Hercules was 85 million approximately. Opening weekend made 249,567 and the worldwide gross is 252,712,101. So it's a flop. So like in the also, end in the beginning in the very beginning <laughs> it was a crazy flop. But that kind of makes sense. $249,567. Not even a million dollars. No. It's a it's a grower. <laughs> <laughs> to grow her. It also came out the same weekend you got as to grow. Oh, that's more like it. Okay. It came out the same weekend as Men in Black. Yeah, which is why, which was a big part of why they were like this. This sucks, and this just feels different for them too. Like they were focusing so much on on princesses. You know, actually, I was looking at the. Disney Renaissance releases mm-hmm. and of the the things that are labeled Disney Renaissance only three of them are princess movies yeah yeah there's but, really and there's like there's three princess movies and five or six male character movies you got yeah. Aladdin uh, Hunchback Hunchback Tarzan Famous Hercules, Man, Hunchback Guy yeah and were those the ones that I watched the most no 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 critic and audience opinions the critic score for Hercules is 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the critic consensus is fast-paced and packed with dozens of pop culture references. Hercules might not measure up with the true classics of the Disney pantheon. Ha ha ha. But it's Mm. still plenty of fun. And then here's some critic opinions. I looked up Roger Ebert's review as I do with movies that are like 
2000 and earlier. Yeah. And he said like nothing notable at all, but he gave it like three and a half stars. So I was like, okay, cool. But okay, so some more interesting critic opinions. Chock full of celeb cameos, puns, and contemporary camp, this movie is annoyingly hip. Next one. (laughs) An insipid, lifeless animated feature. Dang. Next one, insipid. Next one, kids will love Hercules. It's fast-paced, it's funny, and it has a very positive message. Adults will enjoy it as well, thanks to its animated artistry and sly wit. It does have a sly wit. It does have a sly wit. (laughs) And then lastly of the critic reviews, the most flat-out childish film of the Disney Renaissance. This is both its great triumph and ultimately the reason that it's so hard to care about it all that much. Wow. We normally react that way to the critic. (laughs) Yeah, we we always go, okay. okay. I never agree with like any of Mm them. Common sense media. Parents need to know that Hercules, what it really means to be a hero, is a shade darker than many other Disney blockbusters. There's a lot of gore and intense scary stuff for a G-rated movie, including gruesome monsters and end-of-the-world images. Floods, fires, ice storms, mass destruction that might overshadow the more lighthearted musical components. Some kids may also be confused or even upset about the underworld and what happens when people die. Families can talk about real life heroes. What makes someone a hero? How does society treat its heroes? Why do we buy products endorsed by athletes or movie tie-ins? How do real-life heroes compare to the heroes in Hercules? Is wanting to be a god a good reason to want to be a hero? Do we see any evidence that Hercules or anyone else in the movie has much concern for the well-being of the community? Does this movie seem scarier than other animated kids' movies? Given that it came out right after Hunchback of Notre Dame, I feel like it's definitely a step down in scariness. Yes. Do you know yeah. what Common Sense Media is? Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, familiar. I love Common Sense Media. Their questions are always so good. They yeah. They're such good questions. So that's what the parents were saying. And then audience score. And I like, I like, is wanting to be a god a good reason to want to be a hero? Because well, first, why are we even talking about like, that? That's huh? not something that matters. For <laughs> That's not also, his motivation was to rejoin his family. Yeah. Not be a well, god. I would say his motivation was to feel normal. It's twofold. Because it's threefold. He wanted yeah. to feel at home. Right. He wanted to find where he belongs. <laughs> yes. But I don't think it's about his daddy. I think it's about him not feeling like a freak. I think it's both. Family, community, they're kind yeah, of one and the once same he in he finds this. out, because he doesn't even know he's missing his dad until mm-hmm. he goes to the statue thing. Yeah. Audience score and letterbox average star rating. The audience score was 76% and the average star rating was 3.7. So I waded into the audience opinions and I fucking knew it was going to be like Meg made me gay. <laughs> Here's the first yeah. one. Meg exists. Me as a young child about to develop my first crush on a woman and subsequently repress it for 10 plus years. Okay, noted. And then we have uh, before the Yeezys, there were the Air Herks. Get it? It's good. But shouldn't they really say before the Air Jordans there were, you know what I mean? Because it's Air Jordan. You can take it up with. That's why it's Air Herks. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And then uh, lastly, no one, colon, nothing. Nipples and elbows in Hercules, the swirly emoji. (laughs) This is true. More like all objects in Hercules. Mom was expressing uh, disdain for that design choice before we watched the movie yesterday. False. Opinion, but that's okay. Okay, so lastly, 
As we know, Hercules is based on uh, Greek mythology, but it is not really actually based on one particular story all that hard. So basically, I was looking up the differences between actual Hercules, who's actually named like- Heracles. Heracles, yes. Right. Um, and what we saw in Disney. So just a few things. And big shout out to the Charles County Public Library in Maryland for putting together this tight little uh, article for me to skim through. So um, we already know the name difference. A big thing is that while the Disney adaptation shows the gods Zeus and Hera as the parents of Hercules, Zeus was actually the only divine parent in the actual myth. Hercules' real mother was Alcmene, the wife of this other person. Zeus had disguised himself as that other person and tricked Alcmene into bearing his son who would become the hero Hercules. That's very classic Zeus shit. Classic. Classic Zeus shit. Meg... Just speaking to her. In the actual myth of Hercules, Megara, <laughs> Megara was a Theban princess that became the hero's first wife. Unfortunately, the goddess Hera hated Hercules and made him go into a fit of madness, causing him to kill Meg and their children. This would lead Hercules to go into the service of this other person to atone for his sins and lead to his completion of the 12 labors. Eurystheus. Yes. In most myths surrounding Hercules, he actually married four times. Um, Hercules did become a god, but not through doing something noble. It was through dying, and then his mortal part died, and That's his god part saying. lived. Remember last night? I was like, "Yeah, shouldn't you have to die in a specific way to become yeah. a god?" Well, that's how it was in the <laughs> original. That's what he basically did in the original <laughs> myth. True. He like dies in a much less glamorous way, and then they put him on like a funeral pyre, and like he yeah. like ascends into the heavens and shit. It's like not so exciting. He doesn't punch Hades in the face. No, unfortunately right? he does not get to punch Hades in the Dang. face. And then lastly, really just like so much of Greek mythology is so like raunchy and like debaucherous that yeah. of course Disney had to like change a lot of that. So like one big example is that they wouldn't let like Hera and Zeus had to be like a normal couple with a normal son <laughs> to be like squeaky clean enough for Disney. Yeah. So just that. The directors were inspired by the correlation of the popularity of Hercules in comparison to that of sporting athletes and celebrities in the contemporary era, with both stating Hercules was the Michael Jordan of his era. And then I just have uh, two little fun facts that are just like good old 90s marketing schemes that nice. were done. So in February 1997, Disney did a marketing campaign that was a five-month promotional traveling tour called Disney's Hercules Mega Mall Tour. It was sponsored by Chevy Venture. It traveled through 20 cities starting in Atlanta. They had also done this for Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame. But the tour featured 11 attractions, including a multimedia stage show, a miniature carousel themed to Baby Pegasus, a carnival filled with Hercules-themed game booths, and a 10-minute animation workshop hosted by one of their animators where visitors could try their hand at drawing Hercules. That's what you had to do in the 90s. Well, you had to go to a mall and like force oh, people for to sure. see it. Well, sh get, shit gets even crazier with this next one. So I'm just going to read this straight through. It is worth it. Read it. On June 14th, the premiere of the film was accompanied with a Hercules-led performance of Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade in Times Square. The parade of electrified floats, which was broadcast live on the Disney Channel as part of a program involving the making of Hercules, traveled from 42nd Street to 5th Avenue. From New York, the most exciting city on Earth. Manhattan. Tonight, 
the Walt Disney Studios celebrates the world premiere of its 35th full-length animated feature, Hercules. Parade also included attendees such as Lauren Hutton, Harvey Cadle, Andy Garcia, Barbara Walters, Michael Bolton, and this other person, as well as Olympic athletes who rode on 30 floats. The media event was not sense. without controversy as former New York Mayor Ed Cook objected to surrendering the city over to Disney and critics raising questions about what politicians are willing to give a private firm in return for investment. Local union president said, I think the mayor gave away the city to Disneyland. Furthermore, 5,000 businesses and residents within the city felt unusually eerie upon being asked to dim their lights as the parade passed by. So somehow Disney, like, rented out mid Midtown for this. That's insane. Yeah. What, to- what day was that? It was June 14th, 1997. That was the day of release? Yep. The, yeah. Wow. Wow, that was just one of the great songs from Hercules that we'll be hearing this evening. And it certainly was a terrific beginning to what we think is going to be a night to remember, Chris. It sure will. From our booth here on 42nd Street and 7th Avenue, we're right at the center of the Hercules World Premiere Party. <laughs> Feels like New Year's Eve, doesn't it? Maybe they pissed off New York City with that so bad that nobody went. <laughs> they flopped. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it was a total... Um, yeah equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. When did we first watch Hercules? What do we remember about it? When was the last time we'd watched it before this? Should we go first so then Josh can let it rip? Don't know when I first saw it. Don't know when I last watched it. <laughs> All I know is that we stole or something, the VHS, because we randomly ended up having the VHS. Like I probably got it from Allie Miller when I got Beauty and the yeah, Beast. Yeah, so I think, I don't know. What I know is that we had... The Gospel Truth and Zero to Hero, at least, and won't say I'm in love, on Disney sing-along. sing-along songs. Did you ever have sing-along songs, Josh? No. It was just like a super cut of different musical numbers from Disney movies on a VHS. With, with like a bouncing. With the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen it. I have never owned it, though. Yes, we had a couple of those. So definitely new songs from it from that. But it's one of those things where like when you see clips from something a million times, but you never see the whole movie in full, mm-hmm. where it's like- when It kind you, of like demotivated me, I think. I feel like it did the opposite was, for me. Oh, I was like, I, I know the best song or whatever. Like, yeah. they chose the song for me to know. Yeah. So I don't need- Yeah. I don't think I felt particularly compelled to watch the movie. Yeah. But I knew the some of the songs. I feel like when I first saw it, it might have been at like one of our neighbor's houses. And the things that stood out to me the most were obviously the River of Souls- and of course, when I was talking about this last night, when Meg gets crushed by the pole, I don't know why that was such a thing in my mind. And then when Phil puts like the rock slab like <laughs> under her head, that was also really in my mind. I feel like I drew that a lot after mm. I saw that. And notable scene. Yes. And then in high school for a show choir fundraiser, my senior year, I sang I Won't Say I'm in Love in a lower key than the original and then got um, four boys, including Brett Castro, who you guys all know now, and Chris, who you obviously know, um, to wear togas and be the muses and dance and sing behind me. I've already won that. No matter worth the aggravation. That's ancient history been there, done that. Who you think you're kidding? Easier than having to be 
And it was great. Brett did the arrangement for it. I remember it quite well. I had to go through a lot to get this video. I re- it was really a journey. Okay. Most importantly, though. Yes. So for me, I probably mm-hmm. first watched it when I was like five or something. Okay. There was so we didn't own any legitimate VHS copies of anything. Everything was we rented it illegally, copied it, including the part where it says if you copy this, you're going yeah. to jail, <laughs> yes. which we've already talked about. <laughs> so I would go down and to the where we had the VHSs, find the one with the masking tape on it that said Hercules, grab that, put it in the VHS. I watched it like every day. I swear, I swear, <laughs> I was obsessed with Hercules. I loved it. There are so many things about it that like define my childhood. There's a picture of me in like my Hercules outfit with the skirt. Why does he have a skirt, but also like go off? Um, That's like a gladiator outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He puts um, the glad and gladiator. He does. Don't forget it. I was telling you guys that there's this part at the end where Zeus gets like the the one Titan th- shoots lava at him and the other one freezes the lava and he's like spinning around. And I would like go in the blankets on my parents' bed and like spin around and like create like a <laughs> swirl of blanket around me. And I was like, I'm Zeus. (laughs) Um, So many things from this movie, just like it defined my taste in so many things like architecture, visuals, (laughs) styles, music, music. Definitely yeah. music. like Architecture. Does that mean you only like pillars? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that, like, sort of, like, classic, like, Greek, Roman, like, lots of, like, white rubble, marble things with water and stuff. I feel like that's throughout you that You would have loved our elementary school. Did you have rubble? It had we columns had in the front. <laughs> They're called <laughs> columns. They are called columns, I, yeah. think, I do believe. Yeah. I think they'll get it. <laughs> I do think they'll get it. I think you're right. Um, I don't know when I watched this last, though. Probably maybe it's been a little while. At least we haven't ever watched together. No, so at least like five it. years, maybe like eight to 10 years, somewhere in that range. So we've seen a lot of the scenes of Hercules very recently. Yeah. But like in like a, in like a stupid, in way. a butchered state. In a butchered state for sure. Yes. Also, we watch all of the music videos, like the scenes from the movie with all the songs, like often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All yeah. the time. I also forgot to say just one last thing, which is that I had that. I definitely have played the computer game. Okay, I was going to say, when are we going to talk about the computer game? We can talk about that now. There's a couple, probably a couple of computer games. Which one did you play? The one that I had, we definitely got from the library. We didn't own mm. it because we used to get a bunch of good games from the mm. library. Okay, so this um, was, the was one that I had was not a point and click. The okay. one that I had was really good. I think it would hold up to today as like a side scroller. You're uh-huh. running around, you're jumping, you're slicing things with the sword. Like boss levels. There's Ooh. a level where you have to fight the Hydra and it's in like... 2.5D where you're like when you're when you walk like the camera of rotates it was. it's like uh-huh. sort of like yeah it's really cool and you got to fight the hydro i think it's funny because like you definitely just like slice the heads until rocks until- miraculously fall on it <laughs> <laughs> um there's a whole scene where you have to fight the like the medusa boss who mm-hmm. just like is a character for literally like 8 seconds of screen time yes if that, yes, probably more like two seconds of screen time, where he piles yeah. up Medusa and the Minotaur and whatever else. Something I don't else. even remember. Fish, yeah, I don't know. yeah, it's a great game. We got to find some footage of this game, put it up on screen because it's yeah. great. There's a there's it's actually really interesting. There's like a couple different perspectives. One where you're running the Phil training montage. That level was impossible. I got fucked up on that level so much <laughs> as a kid. You're running forward and like the camera's behind you and you have to like dodge stuff and like 
jump over, like all of the things that happen, especially in the last scene of One Last Hope. One Last Hope. In One Last Hope where he like jumps through the hoop of fire and there's like swinging blades and sharks and stuff. You got to like avoid all those. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's like to the T of the movie. All of it is great. (laughs) And uh, and there's another scene like that where you're running towards the Cyclops as weak Hercules. (laughs) And you just get like fucked up by everything. Wow. (laughs) It's a really good game. That does sound good. I have it downloaded on my computer. We can play it. Well, wow. That that sounds good. Cool. Okay. So Disney Plus, it is available. We have a lot to talk about and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back to talk about Heracles. Yes, we are. <laughs> Disney's Heracles. Heracles. Honey, you mean Hercules. Let's start with the songs. Okay. okay. Bangers. <laughs> Every song, it doesn't miss. I love the music in this movie so much. To me, it's the best part. Definitely yes. the best part. It's the but, best part for sure. Yes. Well, okay. I think there's two things that make it really good. I think, yes, the music is really good. Also, though, I really like how everything is drawn. Visually. I think it's yes. really cool looking. There's definitely some questionable animation in some parts. Yes. Not even the CGI, but like, I was looking, it's like someone's like handing somebody a pot and it like just like looked wrong. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we were noting how spatially unaware this movie is, which is pretty excusable because we're talking about such a, we don't even understand as viewers what the scope of this mm-hmm. world is visually because right. you've got the heavens, the earth, and the underworld. Yes. yes. But in like fight scenes, they rely pretty heavily on mid close-ups to close-ups so that where they are actually situated does not matter to right. the viewer. Yeah. Which can be confusing. It's like, in my head, it's like they would show um, Hades in an extreme close-up while Hercules is in a wide, like, fighting some monster. And it's like, these people can't even hear each other. It's like, uh-huh. where are they? Yeah. I don't yeah. Get yeah. where they Definitely are. Definitely some magical realism of, uh, yeah. he's just, the god. He's so loud, you can hear him wherever. Right. Yeah. It's okay because it's so far from reality. Right. Yeah. They are magical. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, there was a specific um, illustrator that they modeled a lot of the work off of. Mm. And so I think like Olympus looking the way it does, and, like all the cliffs looking the way mm-hmm. they do. It kind of reminds me like it's not the same thing, but in the same way that Sleeping Beauty was like super stylized, it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of that. Hera 
Perfect. Slay. Also, Venus with the heart-shaped hair. Yeah. Yes. That's what made me remember that when I was a kid, we had the computer game. Because yeah. I remember looking at her a lot, and I was like, she's barely in this movie. Why yeah. would I know? She actually has a lot of screen time. She's not a yeah, character, but she, she has a lot of screen anything. time. Yeah, but I mean, a lot it's of not random enough to sit there, there and, like, stare at her. No, but, sure. yeah, Hera being sparkly. All of, yeah. like, the pink ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a crayon in like the Crayola crayon set that is like that exact color of pink that yes. Hera is. And that was always my go-to crayon. Yeah. So it kind so of good. reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, going back to the songs. Well, first of all, um, I have a, a good thing and, and like a criticism. The good thing, or I guess it's just a side thing that getting me getting Josh to sing, um, one last hope all the time. That's like my favorite pastime. It's a similar voice to West Side Story songs with the New York accent. Just, it's so good. I want to make you do it, but you don't have to. We so have- you want to be a hero kid? Well, whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> I've given up hope to see come along. A fellow who ring the bell for once, not them It's like the one extremely 90s casting choice that like really held up, oh, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but my criticism or whatever is that I think part of the like question marks people have with this movie is like young Hercules has one banger song in the beginning and then just never I sings know. again. He's not a particularly musical guy, you know? No, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer for him to have such an amazing I Want song. Mm-hmm. If I and never sing and then he turns into a himbo. I just <laughs> when you get when you get rippling pectorals, you lose the ability yeah, to you, uh, you to yearn. Can no longer yearn. I mean, it's like he doesn't have a reason to. So I was thinking that it would have been really interesting to Why have a, not a duet, a reprise of you "Go the Distance." Yeah, later and, it's like him in his final beating the you know whatever. Well, he has a down moment because yeah, he, or the down moment. Yeah. Remember your past, right. dude. Like that seems like maybe it, that was Very an idea, thing. and then they f- right. had to cut it. Whatever, definitely. But like as a musical, you need that, mm-hmm. and it, and so it kind of yeah. veers away from a musical format when they don't return to the song. Yeah, and they're also it's not really a love duet. No, I won't say I'm in love if it was a duet. Yeah, where they're like, talking. why don't we have both? Yeah, he could have been singing to Pegasus, his his jealous yeah. gay horse, and she could have been singing to the yeah. muses, and that would have been actually great. But they, yeah, there, it definitely feels like it's missing missed opportunities. Like, a couple of like, yeah, payoff musical payoffs. Yeah, but what they did get, I think, what they traded that for is lots of continuity with the muses. They're always popping in with the reprise of the gospel truth to give a. You know, he ruled the underworld. That's just at the beginning, though. But then, and but I mean, Zeus and Hera wept. It's like all the, all, all the, the, all the exposition. That's all in the beginning. Yeah, it's, but there's lots of it. There's more throughout, I'm pretty sure. The beginning of Hercules is, is the best the part. Best it's part. insanely good. I yeah. agree. Such good exposition. Yeah. It's entertaining. It moves quickly, but not like so quickly that you like, yes. don't know what's happening. Do we want to talk about Hercules as a character a little bit? Yes. And then... We've been holding back so I know, I know, I know. hard. I'm not, so, I'm chilling though. Let's Hercules talk as a character, right. So he's, one thing about him is that he, his, he's not very nuanced in general. I know I said that word a lot, so maybe I should stop, but he doesn't have a lot of flaws. <laughs> his flaw is that he's like clumsy or he can't control his okay, strength. That's the classic thing though. People love to have their one, their yeah. protagonist, one flaw be clumsy. It's just like so excusable. I was noticing extreme similarities between Hercules and Rapunzel Entangled. 
Okay. They both are clumsy. They both have power they can't control. They both know they're missing something in their life and they want to figure out what that is. And were removed from their parents. Yeah. And to have a weird parent, you know, like yeah. a weird a parent situation. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Like it how is. much that does Yeah. Align? I mean, it's very Disney. And it is. Once Rapunzel reaches her dream, like when she sees the lights, from that point on, you're kind of like, eh, Okay, well, I, she gets her new goal. I kind of don't mm-hmm. care what happens in the rest of this movie. And I feel like it is sort of similar with Hercules. As soon as he yeah. feels, well, there's, as soon as he knows who he, his father is and is a himbo, I'm kind of like. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to root for at that point. Or just like, he's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, who you're kind of, can we switch? Can we go to the Are you next saying you're rooting person? for Meg? No, 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 no. no. Oh. I'm not saying that. Okay, we're talking about her. I'm not saying I'm rooting for her, but I feel like that is kind of the only option you have left. I don't see well, that. That's what, that's, that's what like comes in to spice up that like you're yeah, at the like one third. Look at my third. legs that are ablaze. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice exposure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're at like the whatever, like one third or like one half yeah. mark of the movie. A lot of good things have happened and you're like, okay, I guess we're just vibing now. And then Meg shows up and it's like keeps it interesting. Theoretically. It throws a, a wrench in, <laughs> in Hercules' plan of just like sort of like do good yeah. and and just Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his to- the new ob the new obstacle because you think, oh, maybe this whole movie's arc is gonna be about Hercules gaining strength and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But that happens pretty fast. He's all he's strong the whole time. It- he yeah, he grows into his feet. Yeah, but you yeah. know. Yeah, his, his, the muscle mass of his feet and calves have moved up to the upper yeah. half of his body. Yeah, there's a problem with the way that he's portrayed physically. I was saying this last night because as a baby, he's got giant arms. He's top heavy. And then as a teenager, he's got skinny arms and giant feet and calves. He's also like weirdly like boat, like what do you call him? Bow-legged, yeah, yeah. bow-legged. He like yeah. walks like that for some reason. And then he trains with Phil and is just giant everywhere. Yeah. But like- It's kind of like a Pokemon. It's got three evolutions. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. weird because, so the whole idea is he did not drink the last drop. He didn't drink didn't the last drink drop. drink the last drop. So he still has his strength. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about for you mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. him- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on with masculinity here? Yeah, that's I want to know. Because we're going to be talking about femininity for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing about Hercules is that his strength is so inherent that it's almost like that's just his thing. So you don't necessarily have to be strong to do good. You just have to do the thing that you're good at. Like, did you You identify Mm. with Hercules? Yeah, he's, you know, he just like, (laughs) he just like, because one of the things is that if you think about him, especially as a hero, his motives are... They're self-serving, but they're not self-centered. He's like, literally like, I need to go find people and I need to help them because I need to prove that I'm a good person. Good person? Right. I well, think he hero. thinks he's a good person. No, but he, need, but he needs to prove that he's a good person. Yeah. You, well, he needs, it's not about being a good, I don't it's feel like heroic, it was worded so. that heroic. way. It's not worded heroic. that way, but yeah. it's the same sentiment. Mm-hmm. So they're self-serving in a way, but- He's going and, and doing good things, you know? And that's something that you but wanted to do as a child or what? So you want to performatively help people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Low-key, yeah. Why not? Low-key, yeah. If you're doing good things for the wrong reasons. <laughs> At least you're still doing good things. You do things. good things. So go doing good things. The people, the people that he meets, think about it. He goes to Thebes. It sucks 
It's a shitty town. He hangs out there. <laughs> they got a lot of columns they got, for it being a shitty town. <laughs> and he goes, he cleans that place up. They are thrilled. They love him. He's bringing in commerce. He's okay, helping the economy. Okay, but, stimulating the economy. Okay, but that's fraught in itself. It's like, who says, you know, like. Is he gentrifying You just gentrified Thebes. <laughs> literally. They yeah. literally are on the brink of destruction, though. They uh, were happy. No. They, <laughs> they were not happy. They were miserable. Well, they actually know? were just fine. They were just complaining. Yeah, they like, were just they complaining. Were fine, it though. seemed like everything was pretty functional. <laughs> in the big olive. Yeah, the they big were olive. just stand. They were just like being people in the town. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Doing good deeds. You, for the in wrong my reason. Opinion, <laughs> you should. It, I mean, okay, doing good deeds for the wrong reason. Better than not doing yeah, better good than deeds. nothing. <laughs> and like, does but I but I feel like that's really like dark. It's like no altruism actually exists in the world. And you know what? Maybe it's maybe that's. I don't know if that's actually true though. Well, the thing is, like Hercules's goals are non-exploitive, right? Like he's not trying exploitative. Exploitative. Yeah. He's not trying to do something that in the end will hurt people or bring them down well, in any way. Okay. I mean, but he's. Let's not forget Violence. that when Meg is like, there's two boys being crushed in the gorge. He's like, you hear that, Phil? Two boys being crushed in the gorge. <laughs> like, right. is he looking for bad things to happen so then he can get the clout of resolving the bad things? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. He but is in that moment. As we see in the movie, he learns that that is not the true measure of a hero is just sort of like winning. It's about okay. self-sacrifice. And he learns okay. that when okay. he dives into the yes. whatever. When he basically Souls. dies and when then he dies like for a pussy. Yeah. And uh, pussy only. Ew. No. <laughs> for love. What are we talking about? Okay. Yeah. It's time. It's time. Okay. It's time. It's time. Wh okay. When we were watching last <laughs> night, Hannah and I kept looking at each other and just like kind of basking in, in the like cringe. Like puking in our mouths. That is the character Meg. There's so many things to talk about with yes. this character. I would just like to say that going into this movie, I was like, Meg's an interesting character. She's well-rounded. She's not like a Disney, like quote unquote Disney princess. That's just what they want you to well, think. This is what my child brain absorbed. Yeah. And then I actually watched it and I was like, this is so it's actually embarrassing worse. to watch. Like, this is so secondhand embarrassing. Like, I don't even know. How did adults make that for kids? Well, something I was thinking about is how, like, actually sexual Greek mythology is. Well, right. Of course. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like they took all the debauchery and all of the non-child-friendly shit and, like, funneled it into her. Yeah, because— there, there's moments. So Hades is using Meg as a tool to kind of weaken Hercules. And so she's constantly put in this place where she needs to like seduce him. Low key, high key. No, like that's literally um, her job. That's her it's job. It's all a huge euphemism. In, in the whole deal is like, if you do this for me, you can have your freedom. That's a lot to and, put on this character. And let's also keep in mind that the, in not in actual mythology, but in this movie, the reason that she got shackled to Hades in the first place was because she sacrificed her freedom for her last boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Hello? Who then ran off with another girl. Yes. Yeah. So... Okay, I don't even know what to do with that. Oh, but when we were watching it, I was like, she's so Lana coded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, so one thing that I thought was like really unsettling about it though is that like, okay, you know how there will be 
this is like, you know, there's like moments in Disney movies where there's like rapey vibes and it'll be for like a second. Yeah, but it's normally really short. Yeah. Her whole character is just rapey vibe. Yeah. Literally the entire time. Which is what reminded me of Esmeralda because it's pretty similar. Yes. It's also rapey vibes. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? From her? Yeah, because she doesn't actively want to be doing literally anything Meaning, that she does ever. Not from her, to her. To her. Like from the Hades. attitude towards from Hades, her. From Hercules. From the water from, buffalo motherfucker. From, ev- right. from yes. every character. It's like her whole existence is a consent violation, which I know sounds like I'm being like consent violation. But literally it's like... Which does that align with Greek mythology? Yes. yes. But does it align with the cleansing of everything else? No. no. And that's what makes it so weird. The Hades thing is 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 genuinely interesting. I mean, I don't I it's feel not like that it's not interesting is that he's constantly clutching her. He's constantly like up in her physical space and she's like and like she reacts to it in the way that like a sexy girl would react to it. She's like resistant but not yeah. she's never not hot. Every <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they literally animate her ass in a shot like a lot. A lot. A lot. It's not that this story isn't interesting. It's not yeah. any of those things. I I love that kind of thing. Yeah. I like to read it. I like to absorb it. But because every element of the movie is being adapted, like you what would, you just said, the cleansing part. Yeah. They, she, they cho- chose to keep in the over, really overtly over-sexualization of yeah. Meg. When they were willing to adapt everything else for children. Yeah. Well. Right? Phil Lastostophilus Yeah. Is horny as fuck. He is horny. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. But it also gets played. It's like a. It's like a. It's a com- comedic beat because he's like ugly. Him. Which is also so sad. Yeah. <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah. Sucks for Phil too. I think, I think where, where the problem is or whatever is like. I just know that when I was a kid, I like drew Meg a lot and was mm-hmm. very like conscious of her like as a as a being. And I think like because she's like not like like she's like the cool one. It's like, oh, so is the cool one just like doing fucked up shit for men? Clearly Meg is is, is hypersexualized. That's just a fact. Yeah, that's it's like a fact. beyond Jessica Rabbit. Maybe the uh, same. Just, Jessica Rabbit's a little worse. Yeah. In the boob category. Right. But, but in the ass kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. The thing about Meg the is category that is cartoon her character ass. is genuinely so interesting, makes decisions, influences the plot. She she makes choices, like, all the time. Because she does, she she serves well, Hades. she's not making. No, she, she does, because she can just. What's she, the choice? She's got a the forced choice. hand. Well, she, her hand is 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 influenced, but she doesn't literally have to do anything, really. If she wants her freedom, I guess she does. Right. So, and for that, she's bartering for herself over everyone else. He's talking like, about when when she's kind of willing to deceive everyone to try to get her own freedom back in a in a way, but then she ends up falling in she love. She does that for all of two seconds. Yeah, though. it's very that's, that's short. Her, that's her whole thing, though. She's always like it's making not, with the centaur. She is with like the centaur. With the, <laughs> the centaur. <laughs> with the river centaur. <laughs> <laughs> the River Guardian. The River no, Guardian but, is a boss. But she's in doing the, that because game, Hades was like, go show him your pussy. And then she did. <laughs> and I'll give you something. Yeah. And she's like, I can make the decision for myself. I, she's empowered to make the choice. Okay, but you only ever see her like 
She's never just like going to buy some oranges. Okay, well, that's, that's not interesting <laughs> no, on but, screen. But they like don't have time for just, it. Everything is like, it. everything is about her like sexual value. Either that she is in control of or not in control of. Is that fine as a character? Yes. Is this a Disney movie? It's for yes. children. But that's kind of what makes it a little bit interesting. <laughs> okay, but like when you were a kid, what was your perception? Of Meg? Yes. I loved Meg. Why? Be honest. <laughs> I just thought she was. There's just not uh, much. You thought she was. To her. <laughs> thought she was cool. I liked her attitude. I mean, <laughs> is that what they call? That's what. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, "Wow, she's so like, like sassy." Sassy. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, it's impossible for us to know what what is planted in a child's mind. Yeah. Because. Yeah, like as, when you're a kid, you're just not thinking about things in these nuanced ter- nuanced terms. And illegal. So yeah, we don't know what was or was not planted in our minds. Did we just think she's pretty, or did we understand this entire dynamic of like we didn't understand it? I but definitely we saw understood. It. I think that there's to me, and I've brought, said this on Sleepover before. Like to me, like sassy is such a PG version of the word sexy. It came up in show choir all the time. Like it, it comes up and it's like, to me, back in the day, there was always such a distinction between like the sweet princess and like the sassy girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Esmeralda falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of other characters, Jasmine even. And it, a lot of it is kind of yeah. like racial. It basically boils down to, will they talk back? Yeah. Pretty much what it yeah, boils down to. And then it's to. like, if they're going to talk back, they have to be like wearing a bra. But let's talk about something about Meg as a character, as a foil to Hercules. Okay. Because- Get us, take us there. So many, I feel like so many Disney uh, love interests just are, they have maybe like a thing. They have like some characteristic. A lot of times they don't have any characteristic, Mm -hmm. you know, just like a generic Prince Charming or like princess. Meg is a outlier in the world of Disney love interests in that she is actually significantly more fleshed out, infinitely more interesting character than Hercules. You can think, she's got a whole backstory. She's got a whole moral dilemma. No, I don't. She has a character arc more interesting than the main character. We're talking about the choices that the filmmakers make. Yes, and it's also the fact that us, 27 and 25 years old cannot sit through it without wanting, without and cringing that violently. because that's in-group cringe because you're no, familiar no. with the whole no. world of Lana things. And you can see that and you see that's such a parallel. If I was by myself, I would feel the exact same way. If that, but that's such a parallel that you're like, you shouldn't put that on the screen for children because you know kind of like where that path leads, if you will. Well, that's valid, right? What? If that, say that was know. how I felt. Is there anything wrong with that? I mean, but you support that now. Like, that, like that's... It's just, it's like, I hear everything you're saying and I don't disagree with it, but it's just like time and place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I you did it at my birthday dinner. dinner. Like, it, time and place. It just seems like not the right time place and place. Well, then it's never going to be the right time and place because you just can't put that and in a Disney not. movie. And it's not. It's also it's, just, it's just the like... It's just the, like, why? wonder boy, like, you are this. Why my can't ass she, is in the Why air. can't she just be a like, person? Yeah, that's She's the just thing. Not a, she, why because, can't, because her life has been... I know that everything's exaggerated in this movie. Yeah. Like, like visual style is exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe something we're not giving enough credit, credit to. to. Yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna say that her body shape and the muse's body shape are like basically identical. They don't. Okay, they don't sexualize be, the muses the way no, they sexualize. You cannot, Meg. Josh. You cannot, in good conscience, defend not saying, the defend the ass shot. <laughs> Tell, look me in the eyes and say the ass shot deepens her character. It does not deepen her character. Especially because it was drawn. This is not accidental. And, uh, uh, nothing uh, accidental. An adult said, hmm, the target audience is seven to 11 year old boys, ideally. Let's just draw this ass and let's backlight it so it's kind of like a shimmering it's, ass. It's literally like, it's literally like Gosh. one. It's Why like are a, you acting it's like, like it's like, not it's like a like, cultural reset? Because it is. <laughs> it just doesn't stand out to me like that at all. It's like a weird, like, it's like very, okay, it doesn't need to be on stage. It's like, it's to me, it's just on like a, a, on stage, on, on screen. It's like, isn't like, ooh, it's not like butt cheeks. It's like. <laughs> it was like the dress, like yeah. her. It's kind not, of like, it's, it's not, like, not her butt. It's like her waist and butt. Yeah. But, but from not from the backside, from the front. <laughs> what is wrong with a woman in a Disney movie using having an ass? Having an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn this around. <laughs> Your body shaming, Meg. Fleshed out character. Okay. Interesting backstory. Makes decisions. Affects the plot. More fleshed out than the main character. Literally could have a whole a whole spinoff devoted to her backstory. I would watch that. Yes. Her main. Power is her sexuality. Yes. And her and her allure. Yes. Is that inherently wrong? Time and place. <laughs> I would like to circle no, back to time and place. But children, I don't know. Because she doesn't do anything that crosses the line necessarily. I would like to say this. <laughs> is already, so to the Lana thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, we are already conditioned enough to think that being like, sassy but still ultimately like subservient to whatever man is in the room is desirable that that's a hot way to be and we don't need that An example that of it early. to know that you know but she's portrayed as strong in the face of adversity I don't see I that. I don't think so. I really do. That's what they want you to feel. It's that hollow, very hollow feeling yeah. of seeing what is supposed to be portrayed as strength. And literally, if you wrote down the beats of the story, yeah, on paper, it is strength. But when you watch it, I didn't feel, I never felt a, a bit of that. Yeah, me neither. For and it a wasn't, second. And it wasn't, I did not go into the movie wanting to have an issue with her at all. Me either. I was really honestly surprised by how painful that first part was. And like, I knew it, I knew it was kind of cringy, but I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. It's also kind of like the downfall of being the one girl character in a thing. Are you trying to erase the existence of Hercules' mother? <laughs> you know, she the, doesn't talk. One she of the has named, two lines. One of the named characters in this movie is heavyset woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, know who, I know who they're talking about. I know, I know but I was, Purple lady in Thieves. Yeah, when yeah. I was on IMDb, it was like yeah. heavyset woman, dot, dot, dot. Carol what about heavyset man? I'm sure that's in there too. Maybe. I bet there's sundial guy. Yeah. You want to buy a sundial? <laughs> no, like, I think the movie is really fun. And I'm like, I wouldn't. It's, it's a really fun I movie. I wouldn't, like, I'm not ever going to say it's a bad movie. No. But just in, it's just, you can really get sucked into that, that character study of. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Meg. Let's talk about the fact that Hercules does not know how to solve a problem aside from punching it. Is that true? Yeah. Seems to be true. Literally, yeah. he solves no problems 
with anything other than his only upside is strength and his only downside is not knowing how to do anything else. Can't do anything naive. else. <laughs> Let me look at my notes and see if I'm missing anything. He, he like, name one action he takes in the movie that isn't, like, fight something or punch somebody. Going to the place where the statue is. Walking there. He walks there. He goes the distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He literally walked. <laughs> okay. So I think I have a good way to round, to round it up, but also just, let's just say some other things we like about it and then we'll round it up. I think that one thing about Hercules is that we've kind of already talked about it, but like the scale of the movie is just, it's on a very epic scale. Yeah. Like the, the, like the conflict is like the Titans, like when he lets the Titans out and they start walking and the first shot is like the mountain guy. And he's like, when he steps and he steps and you can see the perspective, you're like, oh my God, that's the yeah. biggest thing I've ever seen in any Disney movie ever. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like huge, you know, like this, like that is so cool, man. The Hydra, that scene is, I love that scene. Yeah. When he goes and he slices the Hydra the first time. We got a shout out to the early 3D the early CGI. Also. It's like pretty unsettling. <laughs> it really is. It's pretty unsettling, but it also kind of looks kind of good at the same time. Like I mean, when it's, when it's less mixed yeah, uh, animation less, CGI, yeah, it looks like pretty cool. Yeah. Also like one thing I noticed, especially in that scene, but it kind of applies to a lot of the movie is like the speed of frames at some points were yeah. so yeah. fast. It was like shot, at, shot, shot, fly, shot, slice. Yeah. When they fly out of a place, they're at like a thousand miles that was an so hour. Funny. <laughs> when they fly out of the temple the first time, yeah. he was reunited with Pegasus and they're like, <gasps> like it's it was like, like outer space. It's like you're on the ground and now you were like nine miles in the sky in the split second. Like yeah. so tall. Tall? So uh, tall. <laughs> tallest. <laughs> Let's also just talk for a sec, uh, just uh, some appreciation for the character of Phil. Okay, yes. Great character. Another, that's what I think about this movie is that so many of the characters, there's like the only throwaway characters are the two little yeah. imp demon guys. No reason for them to exist. Yeah, I, I, merchandising. I could yeah. do without. They're annoying. But so many of the characters are like, they really influence the plot. Well, technically, they did influence the plot because they transform into other things. They're also the ones who didn't kill Hercules. The, right. They yeah. were the device for... Which, that's actually true. In the original myth, um, a god sent two serpents to kill Hercules, but he strangled them. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. That's where that... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they are relevant, but they're mostly just like they annoying They just gave them the sidekick vibe, and that's right. why we're like, get away. Yeah, yeah. just not relevant to us as viewers at this point. Yeah. But, but Phil, you know, again, backstory, like interesting perspective, character arc. Yes. Randomly was going to get on a boat and like ditch their asses yes. when the Cyclops was attacking. Yes. He was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Where was he going to go? <laughs> where's, yeah. where's that Nowhere boat to go? go? <laughs> where's that boat go, bro? The whole world's about to be over, like right, <laughs> like actively right now. Not that he would know that, but you know. <laughs> I like that all his possessions were in like a tube, tube-shaped sack on his yeah. back. It's yes. like, what do you have in there? Yeah. I love his backstory and, and his like, his angst that you meet him in that state and yes. how he, how he's convinced. I think that it's a really good example of, um, you know, the casting really did it. Because mm-hmm. they clearly, I like when I was reading stuff for this, they watched tape of Danny DeVito delivering mm-hmm. his lines and then like baked it into the animation and you can tell and I'm so glad they picked him yeah, yeah. Per- perfect I also just feel like 
Danny DeVito's 90s commitment to making really good content for children is just really mm-hmm. heartwarming, you know? It is. Yeah. He gave us Matilda and Hercules in like a two-year span of time. He tweeted yesterday, like... I saw. Because um, Matilda was in the top five popular movies on Netflix yesterday, and he tweeted what? a picture of it and was like... He said, like, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. One thing that I had written at the very end of my notes is that this movie is great. I love this movie. I would watch it again anytime. It's super entertaining. I love it for what it is. I think that at the end of the day, like the thing with it is that Greek mythology just is not a great (laughs) choice for Disney. For For children. When, so for Disney. For for Disney, yeah. Yeah. For children, it's hard. Um, I think you'd be better off. There are a lot of like simplified Greek mythology books for children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those do exist. Yes. Um, but to me, it's kind of like, just wait. Just wait until they can really yes. absorb well, it. And a big part of why they ended up picking Hercules is because they wanted to make a superhero movie. Yeah. And so this was like the closest they could get. But mm-hmm. in picking Hercules, there's so much to his story that's like, turns it out to be kind of like Shakespearean rated and like weird R. and R-rated <laughs> yes. and stuff. And and that's not to say the movie isn't good, but like, yeah. again, when it came to the complexity of the Meg discourse we just yeah. had, that was like all of the complexity that could have been evenly distributed between all the characters got like right. aggressively tacked, tacked onto, her. onto right. her. I think that that may be why the movie doesn't, like it's not a, many people's favorite Disney movie just because the story can't hit all that hard. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can't hit as hard as the source material. Yeah. Yes. Right. But and that's they, common for Disney. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but if they had just, like, judged the musical situation a bit, like we said in the beginning. I think it it could rise up It could have been so Mm -hmm. much better. Because, yeah, maybe my final thought is, like, it could have been an even stronger movie musical. Yeah. And that might make me care less about all these other. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It it is an interesting one in that it has music basically throughout as opposed to something like— Mulan, which kind of like runs out of music There's halfway like three through. Songs. Uh-huh. Um Hercules kind of does that. Yeah, they maybe they, they ran out love. of money on Alan Menken's retainer. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, you can't invoice me anymore. I mean, also, let's not forget, Hercules drops off after one song. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just stuff like that where, and there's other examples of this in Disney movies too, like Mulan. Tons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ton, ton, most it's interesting because it's sort of like, that. it's trying to be, like skirt this line of like a retelling and these songs are happening actively in the movie. So it's, you know what I mean? Like it starts yeah. off and they're like telling the story of Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> Despite it all, I love this movie. I really like how it looks. I think that it is really unique. And is it weird in parts? Absolutely. I think that the references actually age really well. Like mm-hmm. a, lot a lot of, of the quips. They were funny. Like, funny. are they stupid puns? Like, yes. Yeah. But like, do I love them? Yes. Yeah. They're funny. There's so much like like quick humor in it that I never got until yeah. we watch it now. Yeah. That yeah, it's a fast, it's a fast-paced movie. I will say that it went by it's really, really fast. fast-paced yeah. movie. Yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover. But yeah, I agree. I think that that entertaining, really, really good music, a very fun watch. I feel like it's just like it's a satisfying story. Yeah, and especially like if you're from your perspective, if you're a little boy who's already inclined to like an action sequence and like mm-hmm. a fantasy setting, mm-hmm. like it's very top of the line. Definitely. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but also relatable. He's trying to do something. He's trying to, he's trying to do something, you know? Like Is he trying to do <laughs> is he trying to go the distance or is he trying to do something? <laughs> or is that the same? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess I guess his goal is to go the distance. Yeah. <laughs> to find where he belongs. Yeah. You know? And he, he did. He did. Mission accomplished. Like for me, I never got that into Aladdin. I never got that into Tarzan. You know what's crazy though? His entire goal, let me find where I belong. Yeah. He does the thing. He gets up there. His dad's like, hey, you're back. He's, he's like, like, hey, my boy. He's like, I'm actually going to go back. And you know why? For this girl. And that seems a little incong. Like, I think he might. Maybe you should spend a few months up there. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> maybe you like, should. Like, do a Also, trial we period. never acknowledged it. Like, he <laughs> doesn't even know his parents. He just kind of goes up there and is like, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> So who's making the rules about that he can't go oh, back up? Yeah, wait, we forgot about the fact that he loses his powers and then Zeus is like, you need to prove yourself a true hero. And According like, to who? Yeah. You're God, You're like the god you of the gods. You can make that decision, yeah. no? You like choose how this works. I am so happy that we got to do this episode with you. I know it's your favorite. It was fun. Honestly, I had a great time the whole time we were watching it. <laughs> I literally had so much fun. Yes. I really have nary a critical thought. Where, what are you up to? Where can people find what you're doing oh, in life? Wow. So for me, Josh isn't gaming, <laughs> but he is gaming. Except but he is. Josh isn't gaming is my YouTube channel. Hannah has been really, you know, hyping me up lately as a RuneScape micro celebrity. Um, it's actually true though. Which been is gaining the funny some part. traction in the old school RuneScape community. So if that's something you're into, that, you know, maybe like one person if that there might be more than you think in nostalgia in nostalgia based yes media you can check me out there on uh, my youtube channel um josh isn't gaming. josh isn't Just gaming josh isn't. josh isn't gaming and uh and um hannah and i's band is recording an album so we're yes. up to that so look for that on spotify in some point in the yes. future yes and for you guys shall i let the listeners know where they can find you yes you should let them know okay <laughs> So, you can find more from Hannah and Audrey at evergreenpodcasts.com slash sleepover cinema and sleepover dash cinema <laughs> because I know you're about to go type in that URL. <laughs> and keep up with their latest creative projects at twopinkproductions.com. They're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema, and they will post a full video version of this episode and each episode on YouTube. Every Thursday. You need to post it on your, you need to share it to your community tab. <laughs> oh yeah, you could. I'll share it to my community tab. My viewers will be really confused. <laughs> you can follow me, Audrey, at Audriana Leach on everything. And you can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram and Twitter. And Josh. You can follow me at, I, Josh isn't on Twitter, Instagram. I don't think I'm Josh isn't on Instagram. I might be. I don't know. I don't really. You can just go to my account and then I'm find there. him tag. Please join our Discord server at the link in the episode description or on evergreenpodcast.com. Having a good time. Join us for chats. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. It's still there. And you know what? If you had a little brother who was like really into Hercules or if you were really into Hercules or if you think that Meg is a slut, um, you... Slore. A slore, maybe. Or if you think Pegasus is gay. <laughs> Pegasus is gay. Um, is. Send this episode to a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know what you would like for us to cover. We only have four episodes left of this season, which is crazy. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Lee. 
Beach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rolhoffen with theme music by... Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Deuces. Bye. I will please the gods. I can go the distance. Hey. I will go most anywhere to feel. Bye, <laughs> guys. Okay, the end. Yeah. Didn't slay that one. <laughs> Honey, you mean Hercules. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.